It was a wild weekend of a forgotten UFC card by me and multiple fantastic grappling events, which means it is time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside of the cage. Not always easier while trying to mix it up with the national anthem. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, Fergie, thumbs up, thumbs down. Where are we here? Fergalicious death. Fergalicious death. Fergalicious death. Def, 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 def. Definitely not being asked to sing the national anthem again. No, Boom. No, got her. Not... <laughs> yeah, there you go. She's probably going to get a... She's going to be on the blacklist for a little while in terms of the Star Spangled Banner. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like, and this is specifically to our 10th Planet Brethren, it sounds like if we're going down the conspiracy theory route, stay with me here, Kev. What if Donald Trump paid her off to screw up the national anthem so that it would bring us together as a country because kneelers and standers alike can agree that was terrible. Yeah. I will say it was as though performatively she was like, I'm going to take a knee on this one. (laughs) I didn't hate it as much because I thought her pipes were pretty good in terms of like outside of her, the brave business. But what we've ultimately proved is... Just sing the fucking national anthem and get the fuck out of there. And by the way, if you're an athlete, you better stand up. Otherwise, people are going to get really upset about it. Even if I don't it know, man. I, I am pretty pretty sure that everybody was like, "Y'all can take a knee if you want." It's, <laughs> it was good it during this. It's fine. This is one where quorum take this is... one off, everybody. Mm-hmm. Take five. It's good. Um, let's discuss a few things. I think you're being far too kind to her with this talk of I thought she was fine. I saw one person put it so succinctly as saying uh, she hit all of the notes at one time, (laughs) which I think is very accurate. Uh, She Fergie, uh, the runer of the Black Eyed Peas. How how could we have not seen this happening? She of uh, the runer of uh, classic 80s. Uh, Chola music uh, ruins all of that with the Black Eyed Peas later on. And Kev, she herself has ruined a Super Bowl halftime show with the Black Eyed Peas. It is a chain reaction. She loves spelling, so maybe have her spell the national anthem. Nine of her songs feature her just spelling shit out. She couldn't just leave glamorous as a thing. She was like, I want you guys to know I would crush it at a fourth grade spelling bee and the beautiful part about this whole thing though kev is when i look at it and i see her struggling with it and i see her really trying to figure out like what should i do should i just sing it normal because i think she could have sang it fine if she had just tried to do that but she's also ruined beat it there is a 25 anniversary of michael jackson's thriller where she sings Somehow Beat I knew It with this it. This was going to be offensive towards Michael Jackson. I was just waiting for it to take that turn. I'm glad it did. 
I'm, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, do you do you not take umbrage to her version of "Beat It" twenty five? I, I don't know to which you're speaking of. I've never heard Fergie sing "Beat It." I can imagine based it's off of terrible. Some of her and you know what? We <laughs> we may take a break on this podcast to educate you because we can't play it on air. <laughs> I, you know what? I honestly I take that back. We could potentially play it on the show because I'm pretty sure it's such garbage. Nobody's that mind. even the Michael Jackson estate is like, we're sorry. You, they you shouldn't have played it. We're not going to charge them. They, <laughs> we will write them a letter that says, "Don't do that again." Not going to charge them. But, she also was ruined. Hold on, okay, sweet child, oh, yeah. fine. She is ruined. Give me shelter. One of my all-time favorite Rolling Stones songs, a great walkout song. She's and Kev, covered all of these. Yes, and they're wow. Garbage. All right. But the the specific review I read once about her and Beat It Twenty Five was that she has a snarl, and I feel that's where she tried to snarl her way through the national anthem because especially when she got to the, it was like oh no, just let's call it a day. But you know who the real MVPs are, Kev? The people that came up with the name Beat It Twenty Five. Easy there. Uh, terrible title. Uh, well, whatever, dude. It was the 25th anniversary. Yeah, of the like, come up, like 25 years. Beat it. Like, <laughs> beat it 25. So the real MVPs were every NBA player who watched that performance. That just straight up started laughing? Yes. And then and, that spread. It was a real oh. chuckle fest. Now... Do you think that was about the national? I haven't seen this confirmed. I saw Draymond sort of skirt the issue. Do you think this podcast is going to cover a lot of sports and things? Do you think it was they were laughing at the Star Spangled Banner? Because in the moment, I thought they had all like caught eyes and maybe someone had like <laughs> flashed a middle. F- I don't know what goes on. I just assume the NBA players are like, great, the fucking national anthem. We don't hear this every night. We have to <laughs> go play a basketball game. Well, I think they also have like normally a hometown celebrity doing it where they go, oh, see, my Lucy yes. is not a fan. Yes. Hold on. This is Lucy's first appearance on the podcast. Get her on, Rap. You get her over here to answer for herself. She's going to interrupt this podcast. She's going to come over here and tell us what she, she thought about do this to Mills. And I want to make sure it's very clear. Lucy is a proud Esparza family member. Yes, I understand that. Now, let me speak Damn for you right. as a representative. Now, Fergie is wronged by family. You know, you got to back off She sounds like she disagrees bit. a little with you. She sounds no, like she's, she's like, just I like, separate on the Fergie situation. You I tell thought them. it was fun. She's probably saying things like, you know... I got a feeling is a bar mitzvah classic. Being 25 was garbage, Kevin. I can't believe you don't know about it is what the eight-month-old puppy is probably shouting at me. I don't know how you do this because I'm having to buy her off with food and we've just started recording. Yeah. I just sedate mine. We'll talk about kids, Benny. We'll have Bill later. Well, here's the reason why I want to bring up Thriller because it does transition to jiu-jitsu. Thank God. Well, that rendition aside i do think it is funny that all the nba players crack during and did seem to suggest and then everyone sort of hopped on but i can't tell because it seems like after justin and even pink's something about a cough drop everyone just fucking hates on public performance right now well the other thing is think about this though if we're talking about real conspiracy theory think about this 
what if they tried to like, you know, again, Donald Trump's like, listen here, Pink, you're going to screw up the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And she's like, nah, man, I don't do that. I sing from the heart. Well, we've injected you with the flu. She's like, ah, shit. Nice to see see they finally believe in some science. If that were the case in your conspiracy (laughs) theory, that's my most comforting fact. They Mm. thought a vaccine could inject something with someone. It's like, hey, that sounds like they've scientifically proven something. There is that. But how does it connect to us, Kevin? That's the real question. So much MMA this weekend, and we missed Donald Cerrone because I was watching Fergie and you were learning how to leg kill people. Well, this is the reason why it connects. Why does Thriller connect? I'll tell you. This is the exact reason. Because our good friend, the Hayden brothers, were in town. Minnie Hayden was competing at EBI 15. He won his first match. We go talk and... about that. We're going to talk about EBI 15, obviously. So Minnie Hayden did well. Oh, my goodness, Lucy. She's you got to control it. it. You are uppity right now. I'm trying to make a point here, and you're both yawning as you're telling me this? Jesus Christ. You know what it is? She sees I have liver treats in my general vicinity. They're my only line of defense at this moment. And your greatest source of weakness. <laughs> they are. So what happens is uh, as Minnie Hayden goes to compete, Josh comes up to me, and he said the following. He said, Raph, I'm going to choke you. And I was like, what? He goes, when we come to do the seminar at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, I'm going to choke you because I couldn't do it last time. And I was like, that shouldn't be an achievement. Didn't you leg lock the fuck out of me? And he goes, that's neither here nor there, Raph. I just didn't get a choke, and that's all I'm going to do. And I go, you mean to tell me if I give you a leg, you won't take that? And he said, no, i got to get a choke because you were so good at defending it. So he, he got my back, Kevin. And it was it was scary because Josh Hayden is he's been lifting the weights. He got and he's, bigger. He's he always lift. a good jiu-jitsu practitioner. So what happens is Joey House and I both enjoy the Michael Jackson, and there is a rule in the house where if Michael Jackson happens to be playing, both of us tend to get very better at jiu-jitsu. I kid you not, and this is on record forever and ever. I thriller danced my way out of back control. No way. I yep. simply I simply will have to hear it from another source. And that is our second lesson in science after the vaccine causation challenge. Wow. <laughs> that a... I will double verify this story that you will imagine sounds f- a little far-fetched, a little fantastical for Who the average ear. Someone has your back and you do a little Not shoulder someone. Stuff. You sound like gun people. I'm a good guy with a gun, bad guy with a gun. This isn't someone. This isn't some gun owner. We're talking about Josh Hayden. Josh Hayden the only has your thing back. that stops a good guy. With uh, Josh himself. Hayden on his back is a bad guy with Josh Hayden on his back. I don't think that's saying if you substitute gun for Josh Hayden's back, it becomes a harder metaphor to track, which is the point. And that's your third lesson. This feels good. Feels cathartic. So, Kev, tell us what else we're talking about today. I know uh, I brought no, up no. Thriller be, comes on and you're like, bottom. Yeah, not choking because, me. Well, well, not just the specific part me. with the beginning. Dude. Not even the, hey, it's only a movie uh, fucking prologue. Oh, you happened. can hear the whole thing. You're talking this playlist didn't cut to the business. It was like, I'm oh, going to do no. all 14 minutes. 
No, we definitely had a, a good amount of thriller time. But I knew I was like, if I get weak, Michael will help me through this. So I start getting there. I'm talking about the specific yeah, zombie, Michael Jackson, Hitchcock. Like, and then the actual thriller dance happens. Mm-hmm. So because I know the actual thriller dance, I got to the part where I started shrugging my shoulders and he has a seatbelt grip. And it's it's getting bad, Kev. And he literally starts laughing because he feels my shoulder shrug and he goes, oh, that's funny. And he goes, wait, are you getting out with that? And I go, yes. <laughs> so it helped me get my back to the mat. I contend. Mm-hmm. I need to hear one other source, though I will say there is certainly evidence that understanding how to pop and lock and break dance and even move your shoulders, according to one Shanji Habiro name drop during a seminar I attended. It is a shoulder walkout business. You might be onto something here. People need to start I'm just saying though, Kev, it it is mine. So nobody can teach a seminar on it. It's my thing. I better not see imposters going around doing this. And, and, and you know what really taking what I pioneered Kev for me, I wonder if good Charlotte comes on. If I'll really, just lose it in in mosh pit rage. You've you've sparked something here, Raph, that I want to throw at the listeners in a non insurance sanctioned way. So I'm going to need the lawyers of verbal tap. You know, go out there, get a playlist that includes your favorite jam. Let someone take your back right as it comes on. It does need to be those stipulations, and I'm sorry that that's specific, but that's what happened. Let us know the results. And to be fair. It doesn't hurt that I have a specific way that I sing Thriller all the time. You know, a lot of people say, you know, because, you know, it's Thriller and they, they do that high-pitched Michael voice. I actually, uh, uh, it's fucking Thriller, Thriller Nights. And so I make sure that I really emphasize the fucking, you know. Yeah. If the Dan Band didn't exist, then. Then you I'm might gonna... have copyrights to that. I like it. I'm going to fucking escape, escape. I'm gonna fucking skate, skate. Just keep rolling through it. But I love that, like people will like see me sing the song, and they're like, "Oh, that's wait, that's vulgar." Okay, okay. I well, this was a fun. uh, This is gonna. Everyone, let us know. Five stars on on, in iTunes. Was that a little Apple review? Let us know what what should change or however you listen to the podcast. Tell a friend, keep the pirate ship afloat as we transition to one of our favorite topics, EBI, where, first of all, props to you for calling out bad media headlines. Raph has Mm. taken on a personal crusade. If you follow us on Facebook, secondary plug, you should. Raph will occasionally share very dumb headlines, very good headlines, very whatever headlines, and give a little commentary on them. You recently, it was one of my favorite you comments. And if anyone's ever curious, they're like, whose voice? That was Raph 100%. That's how Raph always sounds. That's his voice. That's his tone. Read it back. But it was no way around it. This is a stupid headline. (laughs) It was just so direct and as a share. And to your defense, stupid headline. The headline was something about EBI getting surprised and like, what can they do? No, to improve I'll, I'll 10th planet because like, geo lost. So like how, how does 10th planet adjust you need to, to compete you, in this modern era? It was a stupid headline. It's very important that you give it the proper wording it used because 
It's only stupid when you hear the actual headline. Here it is from BJJ Eastern Europe, BJJEE.com. It says, EBI-15 pokes serious holes in 10th planet system. (laughs) Okay. Now, Kev, would you say my headline? And you say it is my voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Please read it. This, please, please okay, read your I, comment. Please read uh, your. And I will just read do it, it for everybody. All right, all right. But uh, let me preface it with this: I was writing something else. Saw it. That was more so of of the vein of uh, man. This is what I'm talking about with journalism. It's clickbait. It's this or et cetera, et cetera. And then I started. I immediately deleted all of that. So you almost wrote writing. as a journalist. You stopped and you said, no, how would yeah. a comedian write? <laughs> well, I, I just said, you know what? I know exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to say it. And I just said, no way around it. This headline is stupid. And Kevin is gleefully giddy about this sort of thing because this is how we talk to each other. When yeah. you guys aren't around, this is me saying, hey, Kevin, have you seen this? And Kevin's like, oh, no, I haven't seen this yet. And I go, well, it's stupid. <laughs> You be prepared. Put your seatbelt on. And had you shared that headline to me personally, you would have wrote, just, wow, this is stupid. So when I saw that you just gave it to the fans, unfed, and I and everyone had to agree with you. This was like, what? EBI 15 did what? Hold on. I don't even understand that headline. Well, There's you know so many in? problems. Like Let's They went off like fireworks place. in my brain. It was like, doesn't make sense. <laughs> Geo's already won. What the fuck are you talking about? They've been fighting for like fifteen other EBIs. Like, well, let's what? let's discuss this now, Kevin. Let's let's get down to what this is. Let's poke holes in this poking hole. Okay, EBI fifteen had lightweights. You know what is so difficult about lightweights? They're never fighting lightweights. They're used to fighting people that are two hundred forty pounds, one hundred ninety pounds. Whatever pounds they are not. So they're extremely hard to submit normally at this level. And then you put them against each other and it's like, oh, wow, I can breathe from any position. No one ever puts so much pressure. It extracts my lungs into my knees. This is unbelievable. I thought it it was a fantastic event still, though. Like, that's my point. Like, I thought it was a fun event. event. And I I definitely say 10th Planet's lost an edge. They're done, (laughs) Raph. Their Are they done, sucks, Kevin? and they will oh, probably go out of business tomorrow. <laughs> Here's the reason why I laugh so hard is because I want to break down that headline for you guys because it's not much. It's not really much to break down, but it's a little bit of a mentality. And I saw one person on there saying uh, – one of my friends, I think Nito, Nico put it up and he said – uh, haters are going to hate. And Nico himself is a 10th Planet guy. Somebody put it in there as they read the article and they said, I don't see the hate in there. Now, the hate has some side-eye views, a little shade-throwing, if you would. But let's poke holes in this poking hole headline. What they're alluding to, as Kevin is saying here, is just saying something to the effect of, ah, look, these poor 10th Planet guys, they just can't help themselves. Their system is flawed. They can't get anything straight. That seems to be the clickbaitiness of this headline. The reason why it's so faulty is... Every time we see it's Danaher Death Squad versus 10th Planet, which means both of these systems are doing something amazingly well. 
it just also means that the Danaher death squad proves itself as fairly resilient and dominant in this fashion. So I, when you say that you're poking holes in something, is it Swiss cheese? <laughs> is it uh, a hole punch that you make it so that you could put a three ring binder through? Like, I don't really understand what that even means. Kevin, what's anything that you poke a hole through and don't answer it in the way that I would hope you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I won't. I'm going to go okay. a really non-traditional route with this one. Let's talk guns. <laughs> so, <a> good... <laughs> well, wow. sure. Uh, no, no, no. A good guy with a gun, bad guy with a gun argument. I'm just going to use that one because it's the most readily available and has nothing to do with anything that's happened in the last 72 to 96 hours. Literally doesn't. You know, hey, a good. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It's like, yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't call it a bad guy with a gun. I'd call it a, a murdering racist angry florida teenager with an assault rifle and what stops him a good uh murdering racist teenager from florida i can't find one with an assault rifle so you poke holes in arguments by expanding them following them down the train and being like instead of just your cursory i can say two things together you know whales put off a lot of blubber blubber tends to be fattening maybe whales are Bad for your heart. So those are three questions that can all be said together. They just don't make any fucking sense if you spend more than 10 seconds. Well, don't, and that has been poking holes with things I never talk about. Don't overlook the fact that if you are truly writing an article in the way that that headline is, when you talk about whales and blubbers, you would definitely get around the fact of this whale's letting itself go. <laughs> I are see whales somebody's gaining not poking too enough. much weight? <laughs> There's a lot of like that would be a fantastic the BJJE covers whaling from the Japanese industry. It's it's like are whales getting too aggressive in the Bering Strait? Like there's just weird nonsensical questions. And also the whole headline completely disregards that this is a tenth planet concept. Yeah. That they're putting out their jujitsu against everyone everyone, not just tenth planet, which they are also doing. But putting it out against everyone. Yeah, it's a lot easier to poke fucking holes in things when it's putting... It's like, oh, I'd say they're doing pretty good considering the testimony of, of who they're competing against. They obviously dominate no gi space in a pretty good way. So well, let's just, get into it. I want to I wanna also point out what the article is saying just to, to get us into the analysis of all things DBI because it was a good tournament. I had a blast and watching DBI 15. Again, I always... I was covering it. It's fun to watch. There's no way around it. It's a fun tournament. Yep. Here's what the article was saying. Uh, it was saying something that was really weird. Okay, so it was saying something to the effect of, uh, you know, Eddie Bravo was declaring war on the Danaher death squad, which is part of the narrative, so that's cool. Again, very uh, clickbait-friendly sort of things. Uh, in spite of Eddie Bravo declaring war on the Danaher death squad, they were – Unable to even get a handle on one of the junior members, the young John Callistine, who came in as a late day replacement for Wolverine, um, which, by the way, should be the Wolverine or the idea of saying like normally using a nickname usually well, happens at the beginning of a sentence as opposed to like the replaced Hugh Jackman. Can I interject also? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, not if you're going to keep talking about Hugh Jackman and bad uses of their, their nickname, because I, I enjoy that. Ref, would you have written that statement? Would you have written one of the junior members replaced another member of the Danaher Death Squad? 
as a journalist right now today, if I submitted that article, would you print as is? That's a tough question because they themselves, the Dan Hurd Desk Squad, does have a JV squad. So they do outwardly say that thing. So that it's... that's a tough one. But do I feel a need as uh, a person who reports on this sort of thing to say uh, JV squad? Well, uh, well varsity that. jacket member Gary not Tonin. That. Yeah, <laughs> that would be – hold on. Can we do not start referring to him as varsity jacket owner? Everyone out there, that will do too much to his ego. We don't need varsity in front of Gary Tonin's name. Uh, this is, again – I want to but read you this. Like, my this qualm is, so... is, are they Dan and her death squad members? Which I do want to upfront before uh, we even get into it. Because obviously Eddie didn't fight. Let's analyze. To <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm totally borrowing from The Bachelor and I'm just going to start combining shit. <laughs> Let's analyze EBI 15. <laughs> the EBI 15 club. Uh, they, they had some fantastic fights. They were noticeably absent of one person, and that led to opportunity that's going to definitely be a part of the analysis. And you interviewed the winner. Yes, I did. John Callenstein. Eddie doesn't participate. Eddie, the Wolverine Cummins, doesn't partake. He and John, not technically currently members of the Dinner Her Death Squad, <laughs> per what yes. I read today, and then confirm with you. Yes. Uh, See, I don't just read shit by the... Hold on, Raph. I'm going to make another tangential rant about... (laughs) I don't just read shit and be like, that checks out. I was like, wait, hold on. Well, Raph will know. Go to another journalist in the industry to double confirm. So even when I read something inconsequential, like Eddie no longer with DDS, and I see quotations from John Danaher, I fucking fact check it. Raph? That was it. That's you, the end of my you, you did, and I, I'm proud of you for that. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's going to be a lot of tangents about <laughs> Thank you. Me. Lucy also is proud of you, as you can see here. Lucy's she, like, okay. finally. <laughs> Lucy is so – like, the best part about it is I Real news. Real we news. we were doing <laughs> our show. So – because I told Kevin she might wake up from her nap and want a bound of attention. And lo and behold <laughs> – I made Up myself more nap. accessible as a food dispensing machine. Yeah. Oh my God. She is. She's like, dude, if I she's... bark, he'll give it to me. I've, well, I've mentally won this battle. No, they... you know what it is? She knows I'm on air. We will stop this podcast. We will pull it over <laughs> and turn it around if she doesn't shape up. She's like, oh, oh, dad's got such great ambitions. He's a podcaster, whatever that is, to all of his followers. Deal. <laughs> I'll show him I want this fucking kibble. I want this I'm chickpea, kidding. and I want this chicken, yeah. and this – what is it? What else is in this bullshit? Anyway, Kevin, here's the thing. Yes, so to my knowledge, uh, Eddie has not been training uh, all of the time with the Danaher anymore. Uh, he kind of went off and did his own thing. Now, it was weird because – they hadn't really talked about it. Eddie was just put up, posting pictures of him at a different place uh, training. So from a visual aspect, it just seemed that he was maybe a distance member. Maybe it's like the Avengers. They come together every once in a while but then have their own solo movies. Um, or like other the people... freshman team. He traveled to Lewisburg, a nearby town, to, to coach. I, using the JV metaphor earlier. 
I that's more catty to me the the more it sits <laughs> sits with me. Yeah. But when Kevin hit me up and goes, is this true? Is he out of the da- her death squad or, you know, what is this? I just said, I don't know, dude. But it's the first time that Danaher himself has commented on it and made it seem like we consider them alumni. I think the only thing that's a little weird about that is would Danaher had not posted anything? Because the day before he posted something that just said, hey, uh, we wish Eddie luck. It wasn't, hey, Eddie's an alumni. It was, hey, we wish him luck. And then the next day, after Callenstein pulls out, and then it's like, well, Callenstein's like kind of a member, but him and Eddie don't like playing against their own team or having to compete against their own team, so they think it's weird. So they're often doing their own thing, but we consider them alums. Are Woody they alums like that. Isaiah Thomas is an alumni of the Celtics and Cavs? Like, what type of alum here? You know? I, you, you're at, this is as far as I know. That's what the post is. And there have been – not I don't want to say like quiet mumblings, but I, I just think that people have had questions about it. So Danaher himself kind of essentially answered those things in his cryptic way. I guess my question is would he have branded it like that uh, if John didn't win? I think that's a, a fair question post? to ask. Danaher? I, I don't mean, know. Maybe therein lies – that we didn't see, first of all, we didn't see him or that crew, though we did see one of Gary's cronies in that, uh, we'll, we'll talk, <laughs> because his cash checks, whatever. I saw that shirt. I did see that in the distance. But with Eddie Wolverine, one thing we didn't see was that Danaher buildup or a really introspective, long Facebook post that I quit on at about paragraph four about Eddie going into the event. So maybe therein lies like, oh, hey, I'm just surprised he would talk to the Jiu-Jitsu Times and not just post about it is my only. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't talk to the Jiu-Jitsu Times or the BJJ Eastern Europe. He just put a Instagram post and that was it. Instagram. See, I got to get in the fucking social medias. God damn it. Can we all agree on a news? Is there a news media? Oh, that's terrible. That'll get taken over by... Snopes or some guy named Craig that has too much time on his hands. Uh, Raph, the fights. I thought Jay Hayden rep strong. Um, John was a beast the entire time. Dahlia looked really good. That was the kid from Marcelo Garcia's, right? Let me pull up my names. This is Kevin's key- cheat sheet over here. You're talking about John Battle, correct? I might be. Yes, you said John. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, John Callenstein. There's John Battle, John Callenstein, both. In the I was first... talking about very good. Callenstein, and in general, was obviously extremely yes impressive. But uh, overall, like it, it was a lot of fun to watch these fights start to finish in terms of movement craziness and not the abruptness that maybe I saw earlier in the day. Post-haste. So here's kind of the, the overall arching thing. <clears throat> uh, John looked really good. Another uh, standout performer from that night was uh, Rafael Domingos, who's previously put in amazing efforts at EBI's before as well, uh, took Geo to the limit. And looked like he had a really good head and arm triangle on Geo. Looked like he was going to spell doom for him there. Uh, Geo was very sick and throwing up in between. Oh, really? Uh, bounce. Yeah. It was rough to watch because on the one hand, you don't want to take away from John Callenstein's victory. 
that kid is something else. And I, I feel he was phenomenal. <clears throat> uh, I think on the other side, though, you also can't take away from Gio's performance. Gio put together a performance that day that if I saw the way he looked and performed for most people, they couldn't do that. They couldn't go out there and, and do that sort of uh, championship heart. And uh, I, I, I have to say, I, I walk with a lot of respect for Gio, but I, I walked out with even more respect. And he didn't win. And we're such a culture that values whoever wins more. So that's why I think the, the clickbaitiness of that headline. I, I just don't believe that the headline is from BJJ Eastern Europe is something that exudes the real truth about the event, which is this. There's so much to get behind at an EBI. All of those narratives are compelling. There, you had Domingos, who was showstopper. You had Geo, championship heart. You had John Callenstein, his first EBI run, and wins it. Think about this, though, Kevin. For your first EBI, when the person who you are replacing was one of the top seeds, if not the top seed, he drops out, and yet you're still one of the top seeds, and it's your EBI debut. That's pretty impressive. And to go out there and win in dominant fashion like he did, it's super impressive. So there's something to be said that I think is a way better narrative that's more than just poking holes in a system because both of them are excessively successful in their own ways. Especially Geo. Like, uh, uh, well, hold on. Geo's a special animal unto his own fightingness. Like, I, I love Eddie Bravo, but... If you took Geo and implemented any system on him, including the many things he's evolved and done on his own and continues to do, he's a smidge more of a than just like a tenth. You can't be like, oh, well, that's all he can do. It's like he's the very good and the best at a lot of things. So just to me, it's also funny that that's like the indictment. It's like, Geo, hold on. That doesn't count. Yeah. Because simultaneously... Every person he can beat doesn't mean like 10th planet can just rule you. I mean, that guy's a goddamn animal. So, well, here's the 50 here. The, here's the interesting side of all this. So when people are putting together these hypotheticals, they're trying to match up. Well, you know what? Nikki should get a match with Gio. And Gio's like, ah, I don't really feel that. Then the other guys, you got Dan and her desk log guys who are like, well, you didn't beat this guy. So they're trying to like level boss this whole situation when in actuality – I think there are many fascinating matchups that can be had through all of this. Um, it's just strange to people use grappling math now for all of this that doesn't quite equate or make sense. You know, you can't even like in certain ways using the barometers of purple and black belt and uh, like all these scenarios like on paper, Nicky Ryan is a purple belt, but he's also submitting high level talent. On the other side, Gio's kind of looking over and saying, like, well, styles make fights, or at least matches in the form of jiu-jitsu, and him and Eddie make a great match. And guess what? Now that this has happened, you would assume that there would be some natural trash talk that would be expected to be said. One thing to commend Gio on, again, is he put up a post today that said, yo, if you pay me 10 grand, I'll go up against anybody, including Gordon Ryan. (laughs) And I think what he's saying is, all right. Give me who you want, and we'll make it a, a thing. We'll make it the attraction you guys want. There's bragging rights that go on to it, as well as the fact that 
all right, this is what I want. I want to get paid for being an athlete. I think that's entirely fair. But we've got all these side pocket bets that are happening. Uh, so it's somebody's somebody's uh, piggy bank there. But that Ted Grant is worth more than people meeting up at an EBI. You go home with at least some potential for guaranteed money uh, for maybe just what one match. Whereas EBI, you know, Kallenstein was a crushing it, but still went home with I think fifteen thousand. It's not the wrong move to be making to to make the anticipated matches. Geo is a name; he deserves it. Kallenstein is a name that is up and coming now. And I told him this on air. So I have an interview with him, but I, I told him this on air. I was like, we've watched you and we've seen your work. And I think that you need to celebrate this moment and and appreciate the 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 achievement for what it is. And other people are going to try and downplay your opponent, which is going to also in a certain way downplay your achievement, which is pretty grand. So I think there's a way to respectfully do both. You know, he's no slouch. Trains with some uh, pretty good people. Plus, it was also a riding time decision in terms of OT, which is is fine, right? I I don't disagree. And, you know, anytime you're talking about jujitsu and how to finish and what that means, it gets tricky for some things. And this is still the it's an exciting format. I love it. I enjoy the riding time. It's just a blast. And athletes have all figured out the format, which really makes for for me a much more enjoyable experience. Because in previous EBI's, it was like, wait, who? How did they win? What do you mean? And there's still always a scotch of that, but they've gotten a lot better. So fantastic in terms of that. And Calistine Martinez was a fun fight with a lot of back and forth. Uh, you know, Geo defeating Domingos via armbar, another overtime victory. Calistine over Davila. And yeah, John Battle, who's from the Marcelo Garcia camp, who just looked. I'm sorry, Davila was the Marcelo Garcia guy. Unbelievable in terms of talent for lightweight division. And Jason Hayden showed up, had some good matches, had a win. I was impressed. Yeah, and uh, to his credit, I know there are homies, but uh, Jason Hayden had the best walk-off loss I've ever seen. So he's all pumped up. He goes out there to compete. He comes back after getting submitted quickly by John Kallenstein, a person who he had beaten competition before in overtime. So keep that in mind as he's walking back. This transpires in the process of all of maybe three minutes. The walkout, the match, the walk back. The minute he sees me just standing there with a group of guys, he goes, so instead of saying, like, oh, man, I lost, or uh, he just looks around at everybody with a big smile on his face. He's like, so what's up? What happened, guys? What's up? And I said, you know what? That, that tells me he's going to be okay. A lot of people take it rough. And, and granted, it is a high-pressure situation that has broken. I've seen a lot of athletes in my time. But Jason had a good, uh, a good sportsmanship about it. Him and John Kallenstein had major complimentary things to say to each other. Um, and I have to say this, <clears throat> as much as it sucks that we didn't get the rematch between Gio and Eddie, I think one of the things that people are alluding to is the fact that, oh no, we're going to an EBI, it's a heel hook fiesta. Uh, I mean, if you can pass and take the back, please show us. I would love to see that. 
uh, clearly there are systems for people from 10th planet and Dan her death squad that work at, especially attacking the legs i'm good but with like, hook fiesta i'll sign up for i that. am too kev but i'm saying like it is a minor criticism of it the other minor criticism is why aren't they getting more you know ibjjf talent like a name that topped off off of my head was why don't they have somebody like a Cole Franson in there? Cole's amazing. Ooh. And he, he kind of rides the line between both worlds. He does no gi and he does gi. I, there, that's just one person. And that's somebody who I know. But I know that everybody listening has their list of people. But I think the bigger thing is this. John Kallenstein couldn't get on an EBI card. And so as you do get a little bit more with experienced competitors. They do learn how to neutralize each other. Some of these guys know each other's games very well. I wonder if this is a step in the right direction of looking to new and younger talent and giving them their shot. Because if you're sick of the Danher death squad all the time, I mean, it looks like their younger generation is looking pretty good too. If you know that there's somebody who like is a Keith Kikorian who's on the 10th planet side who's a young and budding star, who's their alternate, you know that there are talent like them, better than them, worse than them. They're all looking for that opportunity. And what I saw from this particular EBI was you might be looking at what the future looks like because we're not always going to have Gary's. Gary's going to go off and do MMA. Eddie might be injured. He's getting a little bit older. Uh, Gordon, who knows what he's doing? I, I mean, he's got a slap fight with Vinny in uh, a couple months but i think it's an interesting aspect to look forward to the the future talent and if there is one thing that ebi has done for us it did give us the gary and gordons on a major platform and the eddie i think we might be looking at the next generation and i i applaud that i think that's great i would love to see more young talent get their due and they come from places like the finishers sub only tournament uh you know, show the art guys who work with them. They're coming from Ultimate Mat Warriors. They're coming from a, a wide variety of places. So to you guys who are out there, keep grinding because Kallenstein should be your model. He went, he put in the hard work, he had a separated shoulder, and he did it. And I think there's something commendable to that. And he wasn't par se a name, but neither was Gordon when he started par se. Gordon was talked about, but then he became something else. So uh, when people say that EBI is a little long in the tooth, I don't think we've approached that yet. We may have more events, and you may see a lot of heel hooks, but if you can give me those people who can take the back without overtime rules, I think things will get even more interesting because Gio was able to finish, I believe, in overtime with the back. But that doesn't mean it's lost upon them. And Gio's, I think Gio's Hotel California is – his uh, bicep slicer from uh, Spider. I think it's one of the best things to do. And I mean, he was so dead tired. He was doing it, and it was it was rough looking, dude. For for other people, I ended up doing it today to somebody, and I was like, "Do you know that that's a bicep slicer?" Because I wasn't really going and pressing really hard on it, and they just go, "Holy shit!" And I go, "Yeah, it can really hurt you." And they were just like, "Thanks for telling me that," because my wrist sucks. And I was like, "That's why I didn't go hard on it." So. I'm just saying this as a thing, guys. EBI is a great event. Lots of young talent uh, yet to be discovered, though. So, uh, I don't know. Did we did we poke enough holes in that e EBI article, Kev? I don't remember what article you're talking about. Mm, fair enough. 
Craig Jones heel hooked the shit out of Jake Shields in a little competitive match at the Polaris Pro. Yep. Where a British friend of ours, I'll call him a friend, friend and foe, Josh Palmer, rocked mm-hmm. rocked some very good shoeless interviews. <laughs> the uh, Josh Shoeless Palmer is not a terrible nickname. We'll 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 work on that one. The other match of note was Benson Henderson versus AJ Agazarb. I, I want to start off by saying that Craig Jones one was pretty impressive. It was pretty fast. It was also like exactly what he did to um, Murillo. If that's what it, I mean, people were like, yeah, oh, Craig Jones, he'll hook him. Sounds right. I did enjoy Kit Dale's post. that was like when Craig and I aren't f- fighting Jake Shields, <laughs> we try and record an instructional video here and there. <laughs> and I just, that cracked me up because uh, in successive weeks, Jake Shields is fighting all of Australia, which is always fun. Uh, one and one, not bad. And yeah. really two and one because he's not from Australia. So he gets the big win on that end of the deal. I always love watching Jake Shields fight. This one didn't get to watch a bunch of it. Pretty quick work. And uh, Craig's tough. I don't know if you saw, but he nearly uh, finished Gordon Ryan, and not a lot of people have done that. He and Felipe Pena, it's pretty much it, and whoever Felipe Pena's steroids dealer is. Raph, the rest of the fights I did see, I did see some Chelsea Bainbridge Donner fight. I saw some, some, some Chelsea fight. I was really intrigued when Benson double-legged both the referee and AJ off the stage. That was the most interesting part of the fight. The fight is didn't that a quadruple leg? Like, does that count as four? Oh, yeah. how insensitive! This or do you call it like? I don't even count. Of course, you call do it. You a go with a, a double leg. double leg. You know, uh, two tors for two torsos. Okay. I don't know, if you're trying to like divide and use division as a part of it. To to your point, he four quadded off the, and it it didn't necessarily look like the Wagner kick, but it didn't not look like it. It had a, it had a sense of that as he pile drive, but it was like, God damn, Benson Henderson will, will pile drive you off the stage just as a massive heads up. Wasn't a very big stage. Did it a few times <laughs> as you pointed out when you were watching, cause you kind of got the sense of it live. It is, it was going on. Uh, they brought in an extra ref. That's true to help corral them afterwards. AJ was nonsensical and was like, where the fuck is Lloyd Cooper or whatever. And Benson kind of was like, you know, AJ's selling his thing. You know, you guys want to watch him fight. He's not even winning, but you still want to watch him fight, right? Yeah, we know he's not that way. So I wasn't intimidated. And just like really metaphorically dug into him. And then, Raph, here's my problem with what Benson said. That would have been awesome if he just trashed AJ. Do you know what else he did? Mm. He talked about how he was on vacation and he left his wife and the two sons in Paris. Yeah, I did hear that. Traveled to come fight and then go back. Okay. Benson, uh, make a fucking choice on what you're doing with your life. But don't be like, I came back here as charity. This was for you. Like, I don't give a fuck about me or my family. All I care about is fighting. It was like, it rubbed me the wrong way. Didn't enjoy it. I think it's funny you bring that up, Kevin, because I've actually been putting you on mute here and there. 
uh, because I'm actually taking away time from my daughter, aka my puppy. <laughs> and I'm doing a really good job on this podcast, you guys. For and I me. mean, I do it for you for and me. I do it for our listeners yeah. because I love you guys. But I've neglected her this whole time, which is why she's been asking for food and why, you know, she looks like a peasant digging around for extra shillings in an old, tiny British novel. I just – I tell you these things because I don't want your pity. I just want your respect for the <laughs> sacrifices I gave up. I, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell Benson. Hey, make mm. a fucking choice of what you're doing with your time. Either vacation or professionally grapple. But please don't ask me to be like, oh, my God. Wow. Thank you. But, Kev, Thank don't you, you make – Thank you for stopping your – I mean, did they make you? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, no shit. Kev, do you do you do that to your work too? Do you show up and like say like, "Hey, uh, meeting everybody." I would just Stoked like to, take to be a here, but to talk about me and the sacrifices I make to be here. Single mothers, take a seat. <laughs> my name is Kevin Phillips. I've got a few things I'd like to say. My, my weed pen. This is me. My girlfriend is home with my dogs right now. I have two dogs. Raph has one dog. I left home. And those dogs to come be with you all. And I did that for you. I didn't do it for me. So fucking arrogant. I was just like, shut up. Cut his goddamn mic. And Josh Palmer was like, oh, well, thank you very much. Like, we're just so excited. It's like, you're just going to let him arrogantly condescend the whole fucking community and march down the lane. And you're all set with it. It was like, lovely. I'm glad you're having fun. No one's giving a shit at Polaris anymore, so everybody can tune out. You and, know, it's funny uh, you bring that up that because I didn't, I, I didn't look at it that way. So I only saw two clips from Polaris. I only saw the like one-minute clip of Craig Jones getting that savage heel hook yeah, that was a whole on, uh, on that. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But let's go back to Benson. So I didn't really – like I heard him say the thing about the family, but it didn't register with me in that way so kudos to you for bringing that up because i i guess i never think of it that way uh but yeah that's their job i don't man he got paid presumably like it was just so weird to be like i fucking gun to my head left vacation to make this fight he also called out jt torres in a uh, semi thing about like how you guys jujitsu fighters fighting full-time you're the truth well, that like, part. I want to fight JT again because I didn't take it seriously in the gi. It's like no. I mean, okay. I got that part. That part. Uh, fighters being conciliatory always. That part was fine. I was well, down with it. It always have a, an element of I'm a competitor at heart, and yeah, he subbed the fuck out of me, but that's just because <laughs> I didn't take him seriously. So fool me once, shame on me. I don't. I don't know how that works. It was but like I'd you like were an ADCC, by the way, and then he was like, "And I think he's an ADCC champion." AJ isn't even that. And it was like you were there, Benson. Like you, you should know. Yeah, Ooh. no, you're you're one hundred percent on the money on that. Uh, I will say though, the thing I took away from his post promo was, and you you set it up nicely, but I really want to give people the context on how AJ sounded in case they didn't see the clip, because it's entirely possible with so much grappling and MMA over the weekend, you just didn't see Polaris. But from the two clips I saw, this is the one with AJ where he goes up and he goes, "Hey, did you guys not think I won that match? Do you guys think I lost that match?" Whole crowd. Boo! Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
amazingly perfect one-two punch. That's your and I's favorite because we would never advise you ask the public something like that. That would be like our steps one through eight if you were like, hey, Kevin, Raph, just simple crowd work advice. Should I pull the crowd immediately following the fight? We'd be like, do not do that. Do not do that, especially right there. Your scenario so, of course, when he does it, the crowd's like, fuck you, because the crowd never lies. They're also always mean. Those are the and two rules. You know Don't crowd. forget that about the Polaris crowd. They're yeah, and the Polaris crowd's been drinking. It's the, the morning. The Polaris crowd just gets, like, wheelbarreled from the Here. nearest pub and brought in. Uh, but I want to make sure that we're, we're clear on this because – your scenario is him asking specifics on what should I say in my speech. Uh, my scenario is much more, do you have any advice before I go talk to Josh Palmer, this weird British dude? Do you have any suggestions for me? Just it could be anything about my life, about how my appearance looks. Whatever you do, Whatever don't ask the crowd if you won that match. It was a close <laughs> match quote unquote close and i'm saying close in quotations because i'm your friend but don't i am your friend don't invite them that's Uh, funny so you're saying it wouldn't even be among your top speech advice it would be the only life advice you would give him would be raf can you talk to me about my 401k sure later but for right now do not bring this yeah before i give you a butt pat He says it. Shit, he comes over and then boom, I go, fuck you, you loser. So then I thought, okay, you know, I think Benson is pretty on record as being a good Christian boy. And so there are certain rules. Like, you know, when the Joker says Batman, it's like, you can't break your rules. So there are certain things out the window, like cursing and uh, certain kinds of shit talking might be frowned upon. To so, be clear, yeah. Batman will curse. It was murder. He yes, won't. Yes, he's no, not into thank the you, Kevin. Yeah, I just I'm glad you were able to really chart like, the metaphorical I dots. I remember Batman using a shit once or twice, but now I don't know. So, hey, that's tough <laughs> shit. Where's the girl? Where's the fucking girl? You know, I'd drop an F bomb or four if you're dealing with the goddamn Joker. It's like, quit oh. fucking around. Tell me. There's going to be a very quick way of discovering I'm Bruce Wayne when they say to me, Raph, did you just drop four F-bombs? It's just like what Batman was saying. Are you Batman? Lucy, don't tell him I'm Batman. And then then Lucy barks behind. He's like, no, I'm not Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Same bark in the Batman video. Lucy does one of those things where she literally – uh, gives away the fact that like there's the secret lever to the bat cave with her bark. I, like, I also like damn. clip to her. She just has that Robin mask on. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's clearly, clearly not her. Who knows with that tiny mask on who it is. <laughs> she would look amazing with her tiny mask. Uh, anyway, I guess the, the real key of it is because he has his certain rules, if you would, uh, I thought he was very effective in his ability to shut down what it was that was being talked about because he ended up being able to say in a very nice, polite, yet pointed way, hey, dude, you don't win. Do you guys ever notice it, it became a Jerry Seinfeld uh, bit? <laughs> you guys ever notice that AJ doesn't win? I mean, the man doesn't win. What's the deal with that? <sighs> 
And I thought that was very In effective. In my day, we called that, what was it? Oh, yeah, a loser. <laughs> Seinfeld, 90s comedy is my favorite. So they didn't have to do anything. They just had to point things out. I agree here in the sense that he was effective in communicating a lot of messages. As previously noted, I love most of them. It was just the one I thought was super douchey. And that's not bad for someone with, wait for it, life-size tattooed angel wings. Life-size, Raph. He doesn't have a metaphor. He's got the real thing on his back. In fact, probably a large, if I'm to believe the Nick Cage movie, City of Angels, I believe it's titled. I'm going to go find the Declaration of Independence. No, this one was with Meg Ryan. He was a doctor. She was a doctor. I, it's hard to remember. It's the saddest movie on the planet. It was face off like, except with your heart. Heart off, by the way, is, oh, God, where's that one? To be fair, I don't remember saying half of those lines. <laughs> I remember Meg looking at me and saying, whoa, dude. <laughs> Take it down a notch. And I was like, can't do, Meg. Can't do. Uh, God damn. I watched the Ellen DeGeneres show because yeah. I can. They had like a does Christy, Chrissy Teigen know John Legend? And it was oh, her yeah. failing questions about her career. And all that made me think was that would be a great game to play with Nick Cage. It's like, do you remember <laughs> filming a movie with Meg Ryan? It's like, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> they like, told uh, me, was you know, I in when Harry met uh, Sally? Because I read for that part. But then I decided to play a vampire because that's pretty cool. And you can really fuck with him. Uh, were you in The Matrix? Like, uh, pretty yes. sure I wasn't, but I live <laughs> in there now. I just want him to be at me and be like, yeah, man, I was Neo. It's like, once again, you've confused yourself with Keanu Reeves. Ah. Uh, it <laughs> has to happen, at least occasionally. Raph, there was also... Well, do you want to say anything else about Polaris EBI as we transition to the MMA portion of this show? We should talk about the what the Bellator now? Yeah, you saw some Bellator, and I just want to report that Donald Cerrone did something, and there was a UFC card. That might be yes. news to some of our, our listeners. But we're going to pr- be prepared to say it. In our six of six consecutive weeks of UFC events, we just plumb forgot about this one. Sure. I was watching the All-Star game slash falling asleep because I returned to training. And did you know that takes so much energy? Does it? Oh, my <laughs> Lucy God. Said, <laughs> Lucy's like, yeah, dickhead. It takes a lot of energy. I mean, I've never done it, but it is seriously. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. You working your grip strength with uh, Mills, I understand now. Right? It was the only way to both tire them and get some jiu-jitsu gain out of it. So we'll get to UFC. You watched Bellator? Yeah. So here's the, the finding I had with Bellator. It's very simple, which is this. So you know Jimmy Smith went over to the UFC, right? Yes. Fake Joe Rogan. He Fake went Joe over Rogan. to the UFC, and something strange happened, which was Goldie went over to Bellator. And you know, both of those programs got better with commentary because on this particular event, it was Goldie and Chael Sonnen. And those two worked remarkably well with each other because Goldie, in the middle of talking about one of the fights, was doing his job and saying, 
This fight is brought to you in part by Miller Lite. Miller Lite. It's a party. You know, whatever the fuck Miller Lite's thing is. I don't even know. It's a draft beer. You like it? Drink it now because it pays us. And all of a sudden, Shale I just like goes. It's a party. If that if that's not it, Miller Lite was like, fuck. I know. It's a party's I, great. I huh. literally, I just realized right now, uh, my advertising copy brain just gave out a free fucking promo. For no reason. I should have been charging for that shit. North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. It's a party. (laughs) Tune in. Drink (laughs) one. Be responsible. So as a result of all of that, I thought to myself, oh, okay, well, that should be pretty fun. He's just going through his job. Chael Sonnen looks at him and says, hey, can you be done doing all those promos yet? Have you stopped at all to tell us what's going on in this fight? Goldie, in a way that I'd never heard him do on the UFC, goes, you don't want me to make money for the network? I'm just doing my job. And I go, oh, my God, he's cutting loose. Goldie doesn't (laughs) give a fuck right now. Good for you. Because last week off script. (laughs) He just like I I thought for a split second, Goldie was going to go Wayne Brady and be like, does Mike Goldberg have to choke a bitch? That would be amazing. Cuts back. It's like Mike Goldberg and chills out and physically fighting behind the <laughs> desk. That's what's missing from Bellator. Absolutely. So they got better. But mind you, about a week ago, I think at the last pay-per-view, it was Jimmy Smith and John Anik. And there was a split second where I didn't know who was commentating because they sounded kind of like they knew what they were talking about. And it wasn't John Anik. So hint there. Between the two of them. Both broadcasts had better commentator teams just by switching it up between the two. But I'm going to ask you this because I'm not sure I fully asked you this last week, Kev. But do you think part of the reason that Joe Rogan is happy that fake Joe Rogan is now on the UFC team is because he can now start to plan his exit? Because he's been talking about the fact that his contract's set to expire and that he's kind of on a case-by-case basis of doing this. So the the real question is, and this is like everything we feared might happen to the UFC. It's like, let's do 16 subpar shows instead of eight great shows. <laughs> let's use Diet Joe Rogan because it's all of the Joe Rogan with none of the calories or in this case, the money. Or the weed. I, but- or the, well, money financially or product. Whatever it takes to keep the Joe Rogan stock in supply for the ufc you know frankly he's on the record being pretty vulnerable to edibles so if i was going to poke some really good suggestions in the how to keep joe high box for a for a a budget you know Mm. just get your med card that that small funding aside does he just do they just substitute diet joe rogan i don't know if that's a good idea uh, he sounded pretty Joe good Rogan. with Anik, though. He's not Joe Rogan. He's not be funny. very clear with that. No, but he seemed to be having a good time. And I think at several points during the telecast, he was flat out laughing at John Anik. So John Anik's not got, funny. No, but he's laughing at him in the way you're supposed to. So I thought that was a, a pretty interesting uh, switch up between the two. And it made for better programming. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what transgressed at Bellator. Uh, Matt Mitrione beat Big Country Nelson. Um, Ooh, boy, looked I'm pretty off. good doing so. 
on the pace of these fights. I can't believe they've already had a second one. Yeah. Uh, Patricky, uh, Pitbull Patricky uh, looked fine, whatever. Uh, I mean, the fights were okay, Kev. I, I don't really have any major complaints. Um, I mean, for the most part, they put together a very, a very okay card. And I think they're starting to build, and I have news for you, Kev. You know how they rebranded uh, the Spike Network to the Paramount Network? Sure. So when I called to yell at my cable packaging company about two months ago, uh, they took away my Spike TV. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, no, mm-hmm. I don't work for them anymore. Yeah, that'll you happen. don't. So you're you don't have to apologize as much. A holes. As I did, I will 100% break kayfabe here. Uh, to everybody listening, I would yell at Kevin anytime that w- uh, a certain cable to, provider. Yeah. I actually would, just clipped out uh, of that. Screw you over. I automatically thought that's what we were just doing. I had to snap mm. back into the podcast. <laughs> so uh, just to let you guys know, they took away my Spike TV, and I was really pissed because that meant no Bellator. Well, guess what? I have the Paramount Network, so that means Bellator is back in my life. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, again. You new not. dick. Anyway. That's true. Uh, so that's what happened on that side. On the other side, uh, Donald Sorone beat Yancey Medeiros, who then went over to go talk to Donald Cerrone's grandma and get a hug from her. So everybody was all smiles after that, Kev. What else happened on that card? Derek Lewis won a fight. Via KO over Marcin Tebura, which is a fight I actually would like to see. James Vick won a fight over Francis Trinaldo. He sent it to the judge's decision versus Lewis, who sent it to the fists. Curris Melender wins via TKO over Thiago Alves. Thiago Alves has been still been fighting since the beginning of the you know century, so that's not bad. I neither of these Brandon Davis wins over Steven Peterson. I should know more about both of those two, especially with the Superman tattoo on Steven Peterson's chest, but Sage Northcutt ekes out another decision from the bolt Guti. Hold on. Hold on. You mean the Keith Krikorian of MMA? I do. He does look a little Keith Krikorian, except he also looks a little like Jean Paul from the bachelor Mm, or Benoit Benoit Benoit. (laughs) Benoit from Bachelor Winter Games or Bachelor Canada, pending how you know Benoit. Sorry about that. Mm, fair. Thibault Guti. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of looks like a much beefier Keith Gregorian, if we're being honest. Keith Gregorian, if he grew into a man. Ayo. <laughs> I'm going to make 17 more Keith Gregorian jokes before the podcast is over. Oh, hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Rest Joshua Berkman lost to Alex Morano. And I'll hit up one more. Jeff Neal gets a submission victory over Brian Camozzi. So there's your people. There's a lot more recognizable fighters on this card, maybe than than some others that have happened recently. So go UFC, Raf. That's what I have to say about this card. I've not yet watched on FS1 from last night. I mean, I you're not that? alone. There's a lot of people who didn't watch it. So I heard Fergie was singing the national anthem. I was like, can't miss it. 
Got to go see what Fergie's bringing to the national anthem table. I was like, I heard her on Beat It 25, and I haven't missed a thing she's done since that day. Hold on. You do your thing. Are you muting me? Are you up? Okay. Well, Raph, we're rounding third on this podcast, which is a baseball metaphor for we're almost done. Before we get to some shout-outs... Do you want to take a break and have me see this Fergie beat at 25 thing? Is that what you're angling at? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, what else do we got to do? You, you're not going to train. You're so. the only one that cares about this beat at 25 business. I was just making a lot of jokes about uh, Fergie and Michael Jackson, and particularly how hard you've been on live artists lately. And well, you and the NBA in this game, in this particular instance, while you were off learning from Josh Hayden and Jason Hayden and whoever that third guy is. And I was just <laughs> continuing to uh, get back to jiu-jitsu, which has literally everything in my body sore. It's not a piece of me that's not sore. Taint, back muscles, things that are supposed to be near back muscles. It's all, it's all sore. Eyelids. We'll be right back. Well, I've heard enough of Fergie trying to sing Beat It. That was, I only listened to about 30 seconds of her lyrics before I was like, okay, well, you were right. Let's get off, let's get off this Beat It 25 magic. Ugh. I it just lacks it, a little soul. It's not only a little soul, but that's where my wife has appropriately said, why does Fergie disrespect the 80s so much? And fair. I was like, I, I mean, she ruins Chola music. She ruined Lookout Weekend. She ruined – Fergalicious is essentially ruining a number of 80s uh, hip-hop anthems. She's just the worst is really what she is, my friend. But, Kev, we have some things before we get to shout-outs. Okay. Uh, we have a couple topics, so here's what I'm going to do. Normally, you throw topics at me. Today, I'm going to throw topics at you. So I've put five minutes on the clock to help us – Recap where we are. I just want to get your opinions on some of these things, okay? Okay. Tell All right, here we start. go. I've hit start. Beat it. 25 right. was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and go. Uh, Lee, Jing Liang was given a bonus, not disqualified, for his eye gouge escape out of Jake Matthews' submission. Yeah, I don't understand this. We're going to use some replay, and then we're going to use it in a way that was like, yeah, that's fucking violent. Look at him lick it afterwards. It's gross. It's a little bit of Dana still being like, I'm going to fucking reward this. I'm not fighting. Are you kidding? I'm not a pussy. I'm not Roger Goodell. This is great. I'm just going for it. I felt like all of us said uh, as a thing, we said it's like that judge who goes, I'll allow this. Let's see where (laughs) this goes. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear the argument. Sounds good. Uh, there's a morning report from MMA Fighting that said Uriah Faber reveals he's still in USADA testing pool. Oh damn it! This always happens. It's, it's almost like clockwork. You can feel them being like, "I'll retire," and then I'll GSP my way back in, and then <laughs> it's like 16 months after they fought, and it's like no one's no one cares. 
because he you. says he's open to a comeback for a what quote, exactly? Of course, he said it because no one's asking because no one's leaking it on its own. So he's got to be like, "Hey guys, just to let you know, I'm still in USADA." And it sounds like the person that everyone knows in the friend group that's not dating anyone. It's like, guys, as you're talking about a single friend that would be good for another friend, I'm single. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> It'd be Mariah, like me asking your... Kevin, hey, <laughs> Kev, time. why don't we start every podcast with the fact that you want a super fight? Because nobody is offering you a super fight. So <laughs> we'll just keep mentioning it up top until you're like, by the way, I'm also available for a super fight. That's... My name is Kevin Phillips. What? Still nobody? Damn it. Uh, and then let's go to Raph our next forgetting one. about it and me reminding oh, him in rude. six months. I still need to be like, Raph, <laughs> Raph just, just, hey, remember that joke about me being available for a super bike? I mean, still available. No, That's no. what Uriah's doing. I mean, like, still in USADA. I was like, no one asked. You're, I believe the, you and Uriah probably have a very similar parallel experience happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you getting back to training is him being like, oh, my God, guys, everything hurts. Did you guys remember that training hurts? Because, like, fuck, why did I do this? He's like, my taint, my back muscle, my stuff is supposed to be near back muscle. He's like, it all hurts. What was the survey says? Name one thing that you regret every morning hurting. (laughs) Survey says taint, number one answer. Number two is eyelids in the first week back. Go ahead. Let me ask this. Uh, what say you to Chuck Liddell being voted out of the celebrity Big Brother house? I Please don't take that as a sign you need to run for president, I guess. Or I can't wait for him to be Secretary of Defense in two months because this really frees him up. I'm nervous. But I will also say I've always hated Big Brother Chuck Liddell. Do what you're good at. If you're going to do a, a reality show... Let's get you on Say Yes to the Dress or something with some charisma where you can shine. Maybe Survivor. I don't mm. know where toughness is required. Uh, one of the cooking shows. Let's let's just get creative, I guess. Is one of the thing. things that was the beneficial aspect of this was when he did get kicked out, he was very honest in saying, I mean, really, I just did this so I can get on. Uh, what's the one where you guys like go all over the world? The Amazing Race? Yeah, I want to go on that one. I thought awesome. that was that uh, was pretty telling. He actually said those words. Um, but the reason I bring up that particular news item, Kev, because we don't watch Big Brother. I mean, my wife does, and I bleh, gross. But the headline says he was caught in the Big Brother house discussing a comeback for five hundred thousand dollars. How much to blame for Bellator should we ascribe on this? Ninety nine percent. It's got to be Excellent. right. You know, that's that's what I mean. like. They're the only fucking people. <laughs> Kevin, uh, it's not Flo Graphic, at... it's not the UFC, it's Bellator. <laughs> We're coming up on closing time, Kev. What oh. would you have said to Mayweather versus McGregor? You have 10 seconds. I would have said yes if it's in a cemetery and the storyline gets buried. No, that okay. No, I would have said yeah. In what a cage? would you have a said, cage? of course, to. Uh, you know, they said that wouldn't be fair. What if you were to hear the possibility and a very real possibility of Mayweather versus CM Punk? Um, a Viagra level, yes. I want to just like 100%, say yes, I'm behind that fight. Because Joe Rogan was saying that's a thing. What say you to Tito Ortiz agreeing to fight Chuck Liddell? Go back to the last one. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the other one. 
And I, I don't like that one. Do it for our that time. Does, that was five okay, minutes. Okay, okay, fine. That was what it was. At the very end, it says Tito Ortiz has agreed to fight Chuck Liddell following a recent <laughs> oh, call. Oh, damn it. You said that to ruin my Monday. I'm convinced. Yeah, I did. And you know what? You know the weird part is we didn't have enough time for Ben Askren uh, saying that he would have been okay with uh, potentially, you know, if Joe Rogan helped broker the deal, Joe Rogan says that he could have maybe helped Ben Askren get into the UFC. So I cannot ask you if you would have been interested in seeing that. Good, then I cannot say this isn't Israel Palestine, Ben. Like, name your goddamn price or move on. Like, we don't need a peace broker between you well, and the. <laughs> I mean, actually, I think it's worse than Israel Palestine, if I'm being honest. The secondary part Just is serious. I like the fact that people are like, yo, Ben Askren, oh, what a shame. Dude, he's super boring. And I'm not he saying is. he's not a great wrestler, he's just not somebody who you really want to see him fight. You want to see him wrestle, you might want to see him compete. But his personality is um, – what's the thing you guys put on sandwiches for white people, Kevin? Like the Mayonnaise. That's it. All right. So <laughs> the other thing I could not bring up is uh, Khabib says that Connor will 100% be stripped of his title because it's in his UFC contract. OK. You what can't comment on it. You can't. Oh, okay, I, mean, I ran out of time. I'm even, just going to tell you my understand opinion. It. That's how this game works, uh, which is – if you say so, you really you really think the cue ball is going to side with Russia over here? This is Dana White enacting Donald Trump's plan to get back at Russia. I'm telling you right now, counterintelligence. I couldn't couldn't comment on any of that or be more excited about most of it, especially. <laughs> Especially that last part. That last part was definitely my favorite, that he wouldn't side with Russia, and I thought you should have added again. Was my Yeah, I, I agree. That's the fair. only addendum to that. It's time for some shout-outs. Raph, I have shout-outs. I have them. Do it. Especially specifically ones about training. They're going to go out to, hey, got to meet the one, the only meet again. It was very meet cute as we drilled something. John Combs. Stumbles into Jubera Jiu-Jitsu, happens to be the Saturday I've made my return. Knuckle pain-free and no longer considered to be too weak to return. I got to roll with John. I got to roll with Sean, very good friend. And, I, I, well, I wouldn't say Combs was all that nurturing, but Sean was much more nice. In terms of gracing me back, of course... Fantastic lesson from Professor Matthew Jibera. Ton of fun to be back on the mats. Got to see Will. Got to see Keith. Got to see people I've been missing. Got to see friend of the podcast, Eric Coe, as well. So there was just a ton of killers walking around training. And Jibera's made several jokes about the fact that I'm wearing a protective MMA glove on my right hand only. I'm not, like, making a Damian Maya transition to the fight sports. I'm more making a Rodney Dangerfield-like concession into whatever this is great to be back Raph. i missed it so much i feel i feel happier i'm falling asleep earlier i'm dancing i'm singing show tunes i'm a new man mm, good for it's you good, good to see my therapist again and that'll do it for me this week. well let's start with the hayden brothers because they put on a phenomenal sonar over at the la jiu-jitsu club uh from start to finish always great stuff uh i sent kevin a little bit of it 
So I want uh, I want to really thank them because they're phenomenal teachers. If you guys are looking to have them for seminars, I know Jason's really starting to travel now. So if you guys are looking to get a hold of him, you can find him on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you the name because it's too much. Just type in Jason Hayden. You'll find him and BJJ. That's <laughs> the easiest way to find people. Just go blah, 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 BJJ and just see if you find them. Most of the time you will. Uh, so Jason Hayden, Josh Hayden. Amazing, phenomenal. Uh, Kev, I can tell you with great certainty, he did not choke me. That was. Ooh. I'm going to say that it, when they come up with anything for me in super fights, that will be a bullet point. Josh Hayden could not choke Raf. And then there'd be like an asterisk and it'd be like, because he said he can only use a choke. And we did have a moment where I thought, I was like, is this motherfucker going to try and triangle choke me? And he told me, he goes, oh yeah, I thought about it because it would technically be a choke. And he and I both had the same reaction where I was like, oh shit, he's starting to close this up. I got to get out of this. And so, uh, it was a rough close call, but that will be a bullet point forever for me. So thank you very much to them and Travis. Uh, so good to get to train with you as well. Shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC! Our good friend Joey House is going to be teaching a seminar there on February 24th, only $30. And you get him in the much, much more competent John Jacques Machado black belt Mark Armstrong teaching the other half of the seminar. Uh, Mark has amazing game all over the place. His triangles are legendary. And Joey, uh, you know, Joey bartends. That's what he's got. So, the, you know, between the two of them, you'll, you're going to have an amazing seminar. More for Mark, though. And that's uh, February 24th over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, the news about the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club I have for you guys this week is as follows. They will be doing training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. And then on Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon, there will be training at D Jiu-Jitsu House. So uh, LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, be there, be square. I want to send a big shout out to our all of our friends who we had compete at EBI. We have phenomenal interviews. We have one with Carlos Machado, which I was amazed to get an interview with him. Rafael Domingos. Uh, ben Eddy, who shout out to him, got his black belt and a combat jiu-jitsu uh, belt as yeah, well. Ben Eddy. That was a with fight. also a little bit of bongo playing on someone's head. Uh, yeah. It just goes to show you guys, can happen to anybody. And then, which by the way, I love every one of the memes that show him playing the bongos. He talks a little bit about it in our interview. So there is that. And then uh, John Kellenstein. We have an amazing interview with some of the Cash Chicks and Championships crew along with him as well that I think you guys will enjoy. So look out for that on the Verbal Tap YouTube page. Shout out to North South Jiu-Jitsu. We love them. If you guys want to go to the website, get some of their apparel. Keeps you comfortable. I couldn't stop talking about it with all the athletes over at EBI because when they do the weigh-ins, they're like, I just don't have any good underwear. And I was like, you need to get yourself some North South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. And uh, once they saw the photos of them, they're like, oh, shit, yeah, I do. And I'm hearing, guys, they might be doing spats next. So... Keep that in mind in case you've been wanting some really classy AF spats. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out this week's shout-outs with a big shout-out to our friend, Marcus Kowal. Marcus, 
came back for one more fight. And I know a lot of people say they're going to come back for one more fight. But uh, he went up against a guy named Benji, who is also a friend of the podcast. And uh, Benji was willing to step up and have a match with Marcus for his retirement fight. But he was doing it to raise awareness for uh, his son, Liam, who had tragically uh, died in a uh, drunk driving accident. And Marcus has always been uh, one of the closest people to us. He'll always be involved in some way with MMA and with jiu-jitsu and with combat sports. But he's been seeing a greater purpose as of recently, uh, spreading the message uh, for Liam's life, his uh, foundation in the name of his son that tragically was passed away. So I thought it would be great to go ahead and give Marcus a shout out for Liam's life, uh, the the uh, whole sort of organization that is. But of course, for us here at the podcast, Marcus has been on five, six times. He's always funny. He's always entertaining. He is always a, a gentleman when it comes to allowing myself and Kevin going to train at any of the systems training centers or any of their affiliates and uh, their whole crew of cronies. I would have loved to have been there for their fight. I would have definitely been there. Uh, but I was covering EBI. So I was unfortunately unable to go, but I wanted to send a big shout out his way because uh, we have been very fortunate to be a part of the wild and crazy uh, MMA coverage side as a reporter with him and on the other side as uh, a, a training partner for him. So we know we look forward to whatever comes up next for him. I know he's going to be way more uh, involved with the foundation but if you guys are looking to help on out with their cause for drunk driving, uh, we highly encourage you guys to go to liamslife.org. And, uh, you know, if that's a cause that's near and dear to you, I would highly encourage you to just look at their message. And, uh, you know, if you want to support him, we highly encourage you to because, like we said, he has been so good to the MMA community and uh, just good people. And I think, Kev, that's going to do it for me. We love us, Marcus. That'll do it for us here tonight. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And Fergalicious Step. Fergalicious Step. Fergalicious Step. Other Brave. number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is